Hello, everyone. Welcome on The Barricades. My name is Bojan Stanislavski. I will be your host today. Dr. Maria Chernak couldn't make it. Uh, but we have two other doctors, uh, Dr. Bushin Trajkov and Dr. Arta Artinian. Uh, they uh, are good enough to join us today. Welcome to the show, guys. Thank you. Glad to be right. here. <laughs> yeah, thanks for thanks for uh, taking the time. So, as I promised in the previous episode, I'd like to discuss uh, some news from our region, from around Eastern Europe, and uh, we have to begin with Bulgaria. I had a I had a different idea uh, for the program. I wanted to start off with Poland and then go to the Baltics and then uh, eventually revisit Bulgaria at the end. But what 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 came just in uh, is is like a piece of news which I I, I just. First of all, I have to share it. And second, I, I definitely want your comment on, on this. Uh, outrageous, absolutely outrageous. I, I, I struggle to find words uh, to, to react to it in a, uh, you know, in a kind of cultural manner. But uh, let me tell you what it's all about. So uh, I'll bring it up here so that everyone can see it. I'm not making it up, okay? Uh, that is the website of the Bulgarian National Radio, which is, you know, Bulgarian nationally syndicated mass media outlet, which, by the way, enjoys uh, a lot of authority, uh, especially in comparison with other Bulgarian media. And I think uh, it actually, at least partially, deserves that. I'm a regular uh, contributor to uh, the Bulgarian National Radio uh international news i you know tune in every month every second month uh, depending on what unfolds in poland and uh i i do think that this media deserves its authority and i want to show you and uh, read this is a machine automatic translation okay uh so pardon uh the uh, eventual mistakes but here it is bulgarian to be taught as a foreign language when it is not the mother tongue Bulgarian should be taught as a foreign language to non-native children the education ministry is considering. This was announced by Janka Takeva, chairwoman of the Bulgarian Teachers Syndicate, to BNR, which is the Bulgarian National Radio, Varna. Oh, Varna, that's, that's where you reside, uh, Bujin. Takeva described the idea as extremely dangerous. Uh, she and the chairman of the Roma Foundation, Amalipe, I have no idea who those guys are. The Yankolev are among the few in the working group who are against the proposal, which means that there is a working group, like politicians and probably some experts, quote unquote, working on that already, probably transforming the whole thing into some kind of bill that can be put mm, through parliamentary uh, proceedings. And there is this woman, Yanka Takeva, whom I know, by the way, personally, and... Um, she is the leader of the largest union in Bulgaria, labor union, I mean, Bulgarian Teachers Syndicate. Um, and, uh, and, and so herself and some, some person from a Roma foundation I've never heard of are among the few, could be only two of them, basically, who are against that. So according to Takeva, it will lead to greater segregation of communities. Children of migrants and different ethnic groups should receive language support and have extra Bulgarian classes. True. In no case can our official language be taught as a foreign language in our country. Takeva <laughs> is adamant. Or adamant. I don't know how to pronounce that word. Uh, she gave the example of other countries where foreign, um, yeah, like children from other countries, uh, catch up with the language training to integrate more easily. There are more than 2,000 Ukrainian, and like, just, just note that, okay? I mean, they immediately go to point out 
2,000 Ukrainian children, as if we don't have other minorities. Like, you know, uh, children already covered by our education system. Some of them are integrated into Bulgarian schools, while others um, attend online classes under the Ukrainian system. Okay, so that's pretty much it. Guys, uh, let's, let me just uh, start off by repeating myself. This is outrageous, unconstitutional, you know, ludicrous on its face, offensive to anyone who has a minimum of integrity and intelligence, obviously a massive offense against uh, the Bulgarian public. Everybody's going to be outraged by that. And also a ma an act of, of absolutely massive, I don't know even how to call it, betrayal, treason, uh, anti... Uh, I, I really don't know how to call it. Like maybe, maybe you're better with your choice of words. Arto, let me let me go to you first with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's of course the question is why. I mean, big countries far bigger than Bulgaria, which have multiple millions of huge percentages of their population as uh, immigrants or non-native speakers. I mean, even in the United States, you know, there is if you go to public schools, government-funded schools, um, the main language of instruction is English, and all of the um, non-native speaker children attend those, you know, English language classes. And then on top of that, they have extra English language instruction, which is called English as a second language, where they introduce the language for non-native students, you know? So I'm not sure where, where, what this is going to be and where this is going, but one interpretation that I have that people might have in the future, if they choose to, they may say, well, we are born in Bulgaria and whatever, second generation, but we're not Bulgarians. Yeah. So we demand autonomy. We demand political... For example. Right. For example. We demand political yeah. independence. Maybe Varna is going to be part of Ukrainian part of Ukraine because we can have a referendum in 50 years and there are 100,000 Ukrainian descendants or whatever, just as an example, because the article uses uh, Ukrainian uh, refugees. Uh, in other yes, words, reference about 2,000 Ukrainian children. I mean, how stupid it is to actually take that group as a point of reference. Those are freshly exactly. arrived people who have no kind of, I mean, they're, they're not even part of the puzzle yet. I mean, they're just they, refugees. They are, uh, yeah. They're yeah. just refugees. And, and I'm sure they'll be more than happy to just have their kids attend schools like, like they do. Like my kid's school has uh, Ukrainian uh, uh, children. Yeah. And they're just happy to, the parents are just happy to have a school where the children can go and learn. And, uh, and it's totally not an issue, you know, that they're learning Bulgarian. Or, you know, yeah, but why? Why would it even, like, where is the example, the, the kind of, I think, do you know of any other states that exercise this kind of nonsense? Like, I don't know of any other states. I suspect maybe in the Scandinavian countries. Maybe I don't know they do that. such things. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But I think if I were to guess, I think this is part of a long range political plan to water down the very nation of uh, the very idea of uh, different ethnicities and nationalities. And also the question of the, of the Bulgarian kind of you know, national entity, uh, which, you know, in Bulgarian or in, if you like, in Balkan terms, is very important because, you know, in the Balkans, we have many minorities and all kinds of, you know, ethnic groups. And, uh, you know, it's just a very fundamental thing to be able to define the kind of nation-building ethnicity or, or the nation-building social group. And, uh, you know, if you try to water it down, then you're about to dismantle the entire architecture I mean, of, you know, of the state, of the culture, of the 
you know, society yeah. and all the rest of it. Absolutely, Buen. I mean, you know, Bulgaria is actually one of the most tolerant European nations in terms of its uh, political, uh, new political history, let's say over the last 100, 150 years. And uh, Bulgaria has a history of accepting um, political uh, refugees in the aftermath of the, down, uh, the breakup of the Ottoman Empire, right, after World War I. I'm part Armenian, so, uh, you know, fifth generation, you know, a Bulgarian of Armenian descent. And it was always obvious, at least in, in my community, uh, the Armenian side of my family, that when you go to school, I mean, you're a Bulgarian. You're a Bulgarian by nationality yeah. Yeah. and of Armenian, of partially Armenian background. But you go to school and you to learn Bulgarian because that's the language of your society. Now, at home, you can learn you can speak Bulgarian with your grandparents or whoever you want. You can go take Armenian lessons if you want. And we were able to do that in socialism or now. It's, not a, it's never been an issue. Uh, Bulgaria right. doesn't have a history of, of uh, its minorities um, being unable to practice their language right. or so, their culture. So exactly. So that's not a problem. That's, a no, that's not a problem, right? I mean, this is, this is the strangest thing um, here. I mean, it's really weird. Uh, to suggest something like that. So, uh, Bujin, before I go to you, I I want you to comment on on like two things. First of all, of course, like what what what, what how do you feel about this kind of idea? And second, uh, <coughs> you know, the fact isn't it suspicious that they refer to two thousand <coughs> sorry two thousand uh, children from Ukraine and make them the main reference point when we have so many minorities. Uh, and had this been a problem, then we we would have heard of this kind of suggestion long, long time ago, uh, if it had been a solution for anything. Uh, obviously it is not. But second thing I want to mention here, and I'd like you, Bojin, to also speak about that, is the question, because Arto, you mentioned this is perhaps a plan or part of a long, how long range uh, plan that is being executed or about to be executed or whatever, maybe in motion already. But what I feel, uh, it, what I feel, what I find a little more convincing would be the explanation that it's rather a short-term plan because this government has been appointed to actually make as much destruction as possible because they know that it has no life after it finally fails, right? And we can see that the ruling clique at the moment in Bulgaria, which is the kind of, you know, the right-wing parties, the Ger party of the former... Uh, almost dictator, Boyko Borisov. Uh, we've spoken about this guy many times before on our programs, or the kind of pro-Western, pro-American wannabe liberals uh, called Continue the Change and the Democratic Bulgaria. I mean, they hate each other. They hate their guts. You can see how they move and how they speak uh, to each other in the parliament. You can see what kind of comments they make in uh, on Bulgarian media. So it's not going to last very long, obviously. And the thing is that they have to push through. And actually, I remember one of their, I think, MPs or someone important for either Democratic Bulgaria or Continue to Change, this pro-Western liberal uh, like creatures. They, um, I heard one of them saying that they want to actually, they take up the question of modifying the constitution because they want to make certain changes un- Un undoable, how do you say that? Like you cannot revert them, unreversible, right? So uh, it might be the case that they have, you know, a plethora of ideas similar to that. It's only, you know, by accident that we learn about this. And it's just a short, short note. It's not even an article, right? I showed you here uh, on the Bulgarian National Radio's website. 
And, you know, so far, at least, everyone is silent. Maybe we'll hear, you know, some reaction tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, especially from the Bulgarian nationalists. But, you know, thus far, uh, we're left with what we have. Uh, Bojin, uh, please, go ahead. Well, Boyan, I think that uh, when I uh, just uh, found out about this, I just, my immediate reaction was to just uh, think of this as uh, another of the series of outrageous propositions that this uh, current uh, government is bombarding the Bulgarian public with. We, like, we should just uh, link it to the uh, idea of changing the national holiday, to the idea of removing of the monument of the Soviet army, and so on. In other words, again, an attack on uh, any kind of uh, sensible understanding of what it means to be a Bulgarian uh, citizen. And the other thing that I'm also thinking is, well, the term Balkanization itself is a pejorative term, right? Balkanization, it's been taken up in, a, in this, uh, notion, as this notion of a hotspot of like a powder cake of various ethnicities that are fighting with each other, that are in conflict with each other. Well, an attempt to kind of create this sort of uh, identity-based uh, uh, sense of citizenship, uh, I mean, ethnicity-based sense of identity uh, and, uh, and link it to Bulgarian citizenship is very, I think, I mean, it's not only, it's, it's kind of uh, ridiculous in some way. It's a direct attack on the notion of a, of a nation state, of a modern nation state. It's just basically because the notion of a modern nation state is based on the idea that there are citizens in a particular nation and they have official language. Well, if you are actually, uh, and this official language is the language of the of the country. I mean, this is this is kind of like the 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 kernel of a Bulgarian of the Bulgarian uh, uh, constitution. So, uh, what this proposition is doing is basically like trying to create these certain enclaves of like these various sort of like capsulated you know this is what it's in danger of doing like capsulated groups like the Roma like the Ukrainian group like the so on but the, the fact of the matter is okay but we cannot compare them in a such in, in terms of their social status right you have the Roma that would be capsulated encapsulated they're already capsulated some scholars have, are actually even talking about the, you know, not even a, not like undercast, you know, they're like, and there have been some, some Roma scholars that are talking about like that they're not even part of a class system, like they're so marginalized, you know. So, uh, and then you have the Ukrainians who are quite affluent, you know. My, my kind of observations here are that the so called Ukrainian refugees here, at least what I have observed, they're quite well off. They're looking around to buy uh, real estate. They're looking around to buy property and so on, right? So they have, like, they're coming in apparently with the intention of, of staying. If this is the case, and if they are allowed to actually have, like, schools with their own language and all that, well, where does this go? I mean, it, it, really, it really gets to the, to the, to the danger of uh, Bulgarians in Varna, in Burgas, in some other places becoming in the, in the Black Sea regions becoming minorities themselves in the in, inside these places right i mean i'm i I'm just you know i'm ex exaggerating of course but to me the most dangerous political aspect of this and i think this is the long-term strategy is that especially with the ukrainians 
these are groups that are anti-Russian. These are groups that have high anti-Russian sentiments. And like they are also, the, many of them are also very anti-Bulgarian. I've seen on all kinds of social platforms, like starting from Twitter, going through TikTok, Facebook, whatever you can see, all kinds of outrageous opinions that are, uh, you know, mm, that are offered by, by, by Ukrainian citizens that reside in Bulgaria. About Bulgaria. Yeah, right. yeah. So, uh, and 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 precisely, this could be the. So, this is probably part of a strategy of creating a, a certain like block of uh, hegemonic block, if you will, that could become a, a majority uh, electorate that would, you know, uh, guarantee uh, that you know the elections of parties like these ones that are now in power, right? Because they are trying to figure out how to deal with the problem of uh, good feelings towards Russia, right? That's what the American <laughs> embassy is not. No, they want to break the backbone. Let's let's be honest. Yes, they just want to yes, break the yes, backbone, yes, yes. like you know, yeah, of, yes. of the Bulgarian kind of the remnants of Bulgarian society, basically. Yeah. Yes. And okay, so, so I, I, yeah, if you, if I don't know out, if this yeah. is, I don't know if this is done intentionally just to create an, another outrage. If this is done with uh, some strategic purpose in mind. But it seems to me that it's, you know, well, part most of certainly it's not pointless. Most this, certainly it's yes, not pointless. Yes, I mean, it's yes. got to have some kind of goal or it could be an order yeah. maybe from the American embassy. I wouldn't be surprised. But then the American embassy obviously does have some kind of strategy. Uh, now, I, uh, you know, I want to talk a little bit about the notion of uh, what, what you refer to, Bojin, like national, modern national state. Now, Bulgaria is... Uh, uh, just one thing to add, uh, you know, you mentioned this Roma NGO. I think it's one of the biggest ones in... Uh, okay, I don't know about that. So like, it's quite I, renowned just... one, right? So, okay, but, but now... And you know, if they are against it, that shows something. Right? That shows so, something, exactly, because... Uh, yeah, let me speak about that uh, in a sec. And uh, before I go to Arta to you, I just want to make the following point. Now, first... The, the question of modern national state. Now, you know, there was a period which I actually even remember very well. My parents remember that even better. And my grandparents, had they been around, they would have uh, they would have been able to speak at length about that. Now, there was a moment at the break of the 70s and 80s, you know, like around that time when the Bulgar when the kind of uh, the power, the might of the socialist uh, state, Bulgarian socialist state was at its peak basically. And I, you know, everyone will tell you who has any kind of even remote memory from that time, that this is precisely the moment in history when we started to resemble something that we could call a modern national state, a modern society, deve well developing, you know, uh, let alone economy and other um, matters, which are, of course, fundamental to the question of uh, social and state, uh, state development. But, you know, that was then. And what happened 10 years later, which is in 1989 and the beginning of the 90s, what happened is everything was reversed. Like, you know, everything we've had was destroyed, sold out, closed down, and so on and so forth. We spoke about that many times as well. So now we are, uh, well, it's difficult for me to actually point a concrete and specific point. Uh, moment in history that could be compared to what we have right now. I don't really think something like that exists. I'm, I'm actually afraid that there is no precedent in the 1300 years of Bulgarian history where so much destruction would be happening in such a short period of time. And now this process of destruction and, you know, destitution and everything, it, it, it's accelerating with this government. And, uh, you know, when you come to think about it, 
in theoretical terms, and this is what I want to uh, go to you with, Arto, is like, you know, the nation is not just an ethnic group that you can define by what is their mother tongue. Like Bulgarian citizens, like the Roma people, we have like probably one million, maybe million and a half Roma people. They are Bulgarians, okay? We have Bulgarian Turks. They are Bulgarians. We have Bulgarian... Uh, um uh, Rom uh, Romanians whom we call blacks uh, we have you know Bulgarian Armenians who are also Bulgarian I don't know maybe uh they first learn how to say mama uh, and papa in in Armenian you know when they are little kids and they learn how to talk but you know this doesn't matter from the point of view of developing the statehood the society and all the rest of it because what we require here is cohesion and mechanisms for creating development and not some kind of like, oh, you know, mother tongue this, mother tongue that, you know, uh, ethnic uh, kind of genetic uh, belonging to this or that group. I mean, this is just, this is crazy on its face. And then, you know, when you follow that logic, you end up at where we seem to be heading. Uh, that is, we're discussing whether the national language of uh, the official language of the Republic of Bulgaria uh, could potentially become foreign on its own territory. And again, the point of reference being 2,000 Ukrainian kids. I mean, this is just crazy. Go ahead, Art. No, I mean, Boyan, it's a very good question. I think these questions of nationality, oh, ethnicity, uh, the people, they're all interconnected. But I think one of the best ways to think about it is it's, it's, it's sort of through the word culture. You know, like when you're born in Bulgaria, what is known Bulgaria, let's say and you live in the geographic confines of the Bulgarian state today, over which the Bulgarian government has legal and military authority and et cetera, and political authority, you enter in a particular culture. That culture is overwhelmingly defined by a shared language, of course, although there are other languages as well, but those other languages are also influenced and in influencing the predominant language, predominant because it's spoken by the majority of the population. So, and when you enter this society as a foreigner, let's say as a refugee or as a newborn baby, you start to become socialized. Like you hear that this is Bulgarian as everywhere being spoken or in most places. Uh, you, ought, you go to school and you're exposed to a particular uh, history that is transmitted from previous generations uh, and et cetera. And you learn that at home, in your own family and, and their own kind of cultural history, cool. which is basically includes everything their political history, their, their social class, you know. But I think one of the big ironies is that such, such uh, shared cultural history, culture not in the sense that you enjoy Mozart and you go to the opera, but culture as in all the things that give meaning to somebody living in a, in a community, right, in a, in a political community. But I think these political communities can be very quickly redefined. They're very brittle. They can be very brittle. I mean, we saw in the former Soviet Union, because we keep talking, right? We, we talk about the events in the former Soviet Union. Within one generation, not one generation, over two generations, over 30 years, in Ukraine, but also in Russia, uh, in Ukraine, there's a completely new um, political culture that's been established. A co political culture that was absolutely foreign or very, very hidden and marginal, let's say 1975. Yeah, exactly. But those ideas, let me just interrupt you here. Those ideas that we're discussing here in Bulgaria about Bulgaria and this proposal, I mean, this is not just alien. This is straight up, I'm sorry, anti-Bulgarian. I mean, I don't, I don't want to sound like a nationalist or anything like that, but this is just that. 
Yeah, well, because it's it, it can be used to redraw, redefine, rewrite what it means to be Bulgarian or what, what is Bulgarian culture. Or if there is one, you can take it that far. You know, 50 years from now, people can say, well, uh, what is Bulgarian culture? It, you know, it, it's not the dominant culture. It's not the predominant culture in, the, in these lands. So there's no point in even calling it that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, so these, I think all these fundamental big changes in the way people think about themselves and each other, they happen in the education system. So if kids spend 12 years in school and then in university after that, and they're taught particular narratives about what does it mean to be Bulgarian or what does it mean to have this kind of political identity or ethnic identity or social identity, political identity is the fundamental that includes everything else. If you redefine what it, Bulgarian uh, political identity is, you can do anything in what is called Bulgaria today. You can yeah, even and... change its name and you can call it something else. You can make up a new word. You know, you can rewrite history at the flick of a pen. If, so if seven, that, that, that keeps happening, by the way. Yeah. yeah, if six and a half million people, if the majority of them don't know the alternative and the deep history, the deep meaning, the history that's been written and debated through many layers of time and of history and of historians. If they don't know, then they will listen to the first thing that sounds authoritative and they will accept it as true if they think about mm -hmm. it. So yeah. I think it's very, the control over the school curriculum is probably the most fundamental political battleground. And this is why they, these people begin there. And the people mm -hmm. that they work for focus on education reform first. Because if you edu reform education, you reform what the future generations of Bulgarians uh, are going to think and make sense of who they are and etc. So it's very right. dangerous. So this is a fundamental political battleground. Yeah. yeah. This has, been, this has been going on since the Bologna process. I mean, the reforming yeah. of education, yeah. the neoliberalization of education has been going on since like you know, mid nineties at least. Yeah, like, but perhaps, or, perhaps just just explain very briefly if you if you uh, what is the Bologna process because I'm not sure that our American and Canadian uh, viewers are familiar with the notion. Well, the Bologna process is this notion that education should have, uh, you know, some kind of a, a you know go i guess like a sort a project of project like based a, right project based uh, there should be a budget that is relegated like a budget that is delegated according to achievement of the school right like uh, you know like this uh, how are these called uh, these budgets that they were invented in the uk actually uh, where they where what ends up happening is uh, focusing on uh, star students then, uh, then, then actually focusing on uh, embattering everyone in the school. They're focusing on star students so that they can present results so that they can be awarded certain budgets that they can justify okay. their budget. Right. So, so basically, it's and, the, and so the, it's the, a commercialization in education. A neoliberal so, model, basically. Yeah, well, but, I, but I think, model. as Bojie yeah. said, the most important idea is that it changes education as something that is inherently good in itself. And it has no price in money. Yeah, and, and it's general. I mean, this is this is the it's kind of general. thing. general. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, this is not supposed to make you an engineer. I mean, that's good if it can make you an engineer or anything else. But the point is that you should gain enough basic knowledge or what we like to refer to in Bulgarian language, the general culture, right? Like we don't speak yeah, about general, you should, yeah. like, general like, culture. Like, for example, the way I'm, I'm looking at it in the social sciences, the exchange, right? Uh, now the focus is on present uh, uh, producing results. 
So it's a similar approach like the natural sciences. Yes, but in the social sciences, if you want to focus on presenting results, that means you kind of miss out on the question of why. So when you are mm -hmm. researching something, you don't care about why this is happening. You're more focused on how, on what, but you're not really okay. focusing yeah. on the bigger picture. Sorry, so I, I don't want this of, to become yeah. a debate about like the educational system exclusively. Yeah, so I'll yeah, have but, to, but, I'll but, have to interrupt but, you here. But it has, yeah. but it's very linked to the notion of changing this uh, idea of uh, making people, uh, you know, uh, it, it just, I, it seems to me that younger generation now seems to have lost the notion of cause and effect, the notion of analyzing things, and, and so and also, this is also very the, dangerous, right? I, I know, so, I know, and I'm also thinking, I don't know to what extent the curriculum is uh, responsible for that, but I have, this is my observation, across the region, I, you know, I've seen that with kids, uh, you know, in, in Bulgaria, in Poland, in Slovakia, many places I've been to uh, around Eastern Europe, and there's like, there's a, in comparison with with the previous generations of children that we remember or that we saw in schools, they have their capacity in terms of being able to focus on something so limited, so obviously limited. I, I don't know where it's coming from, but this is something that probably psychologists and sociologists have to discuss. Uh, not, not so much else here. But anyway, guys, I uh, like for you, before we end the program, because we're approaching uh, the 30th minute, I, I you know, I'm thinking this this kind of nonsense with changing the national holiday, changing uh, the national, uh, you know, the constitution and whatever else national symbols, you know, I've heard even someone suggesting that they could change the national, they, they, they could want to, they might want to change the national anthem and stuff like that. Now, there's two ways, in my opinion, of how we can approach, interpret it, basically. One, one thing is that yeah okay they have a plan and they're executing that plan now they have like very good executors uh in in the form of this current government in bulgaria so they are speeding the process up and we'll see what happens in the final aftermath uh second thing is that they are really going for some kind of major destabilization i'm talking about the bulgarian government maybe you know their backers in the american embassy in sofia too but i they might be going towards some kind of destabilization sorry uh because this perhaps will be their only way to survive as a political entity as this government because think about it like they want to remove the um um the Soviet Army monument from downtown Sofia. They want to change the national holiday. They want to take the constitution, maybe the anthem, uh, who knows what else. Now they are talking about uh, making the Bulgarian language a foreign language on Bulgarian territory. I mean, this is, there is no way that it's not going to enrage the Bulgarian society. And maybe they're just waiting for that. Maybe they're just waiting for someone to go out and, I don't know, break a window or do something, you know, something aggressive, okay? And they will use that as a pretext to maybe, you know, impose some kind of uh, emergency state or, or, or like not necessarily throughout the country, but maybe in a given region, maybe we start there or here. You know, this, this is also, uh, this is a strategy that would be applied. I mean, if it is in place or, or if anyone is discussing it, not just in Bulgaria, I mean, that wouldn't be something new. Like I've made many times comments with regards to the Polish government um, definitely wanting to achieve some kind of, uh, clash between the uh, Polish and, and the uh, Ukrainians. It never worked uh, for many reasons. We could discuss that, not, not on this program, perhaps. But uh, it would not be an exception. I mean, that's that, those are things that governments do sometimes. What do you think about that? Like, and, and so answer this question and please make some closing remarks because we got to go 
in two or three minutes. Arta, we can start with you. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, that could be one way to what that could be one possibility or the opposite. The possibility that they're counting that most Bulgarians are, you know, busy surviving and working and, uh, you know, and they just won't pay just attention. Just pushing to the what, limit, pushing it, like, yeah, like to they, see how far they can go. Yeah. yeah or, or they can push the limit, counting on the fact that most people will simply not notice. They may not even know about it. And even if they know about it, they may not be politically organized enough to do anything about it. Mm. So it could, they could be counting on the, uh, on the Bulgarians kind of, they're busy apathy. surviving and making a apathy, living. Apathy, demoralization. Or, or apathy in the sense that distrust of, yeah. of the political system for good reason. Well, not just that. Mm. I mean, it, it's, it's like I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that, you know, the Bulgarian public is, you know, and I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to criticize anyone here, but it, it, there's a lot of demoralization and demoralization in terms of like, uh, the, in the classical sense of it, that, that is the moral boundaries have weakened but demoralization also in terms of like people are very it's very difficult to mobilize people for any kind of political action well, and that leads of course to what you yeah you because there's down, no political the organization like we said from yeah. on our last program there is no political mm -hmm. organization that's national in scope that currently actively solicits the yeah. the support of the ordinary bulgarian working class person or right. or ordinary bulgarian person who is against this colonization process there is right. no political organization that's national enough that does that other except and that's for inspiring these, enough that's, that's inspiring right. enough and that's organizationally capable of doing that unfortunately and that has to be a project right right okay Bujin, uh last 45 seconds of the program they go to you yeah well, actually, the leader of this party that we keep referring to, the third Bulgarian uh, party in parliament now, Vazrajani, which is considered nationalist, but it's, you know, anti-imperialist, anti-American, let's say, has been warning about that for quite some time, that, uh, you know, uh, we are not going to uh, fall into this scenario, uh, the Ukrainian scenario of starting a civil war. And so he's warning about that. And uh, I don't know if he is correcting his prognosis that this is, uh, this is what the strategy of the powers that be is. What I'm uh, going to conclude with is that we're actually seeing now some light in the tunnel, right? With uh, Vanya Grigorov's candidacy, which we discussed in the previous uh, segment. Yes, uh, what's is, the previous segment? It's, it's Which is a uh, strong, strong uh, leftist, working class-based candidate who uh, has uh, a lot of potential to change things. And uh, there is a movement uh, building around uh, her candidacy. So if she is successful, this could actually really change things. And this would be a reaction that, you know, probably the ones in power now are not hoping for. They are hoping for some kind of chaos, some kind of uh, civil war, some kind of uh, violence, so that they can uh, get their that, American base troops to... And that would work. But, that would work. Like, yeah. think about it. Like, if they, if they manage to enrage people to the point that, you know, to some kind of tipping point, something could occur i don't know something violent happens then you know just imagine like emergency state you know they will postpone the elections uh you know they will acquire dictatorial uh yeah. you know, or they will apply dictatorial measures you know in terms of political life they will maybe suspend the government any you know all kinds of things could happen they could turn uh to the american uh um to the american embassy for some kind of support you know uh and and all kinds of scenarios are possible so uh yeah, anyway, let's hope so, this is not So we should that. avoid that at all costs and build a movement. And another thing I just want to mention real quick, 
I think it would be very clever on part of Azrajdan if Vanya Grigorova is uh, left out to compete on the second uh, round with the uh, liberal candidates to step to support her and to have their people support support her. That would be a clever yeah. move. I hope yeah. so. Yeah. But... Totally. You're totally right. All right. We went uh, over time again. So Arto uh, and Jin, thank you very much for your participation today. Thank you for your comments and insights. And to our viewers and listeners, thank you for your patience. We <laughs> we keep going over time. Um, uh, and uh, and uh, if, you, if you like what you hear or see, then please uh, use the link to our Patreon page, which is in the video description. Uh, or audio description, depending on which platform you're listening uh, to uh, our program, listening or watching our program. And uh, yeah, it's patreon.com slash the barricade. Thank you very much. Stay healthy, keep fighting, and we'll see each other in the next segment.